What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with Jonathan and we are recording on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so, I, woo! Uh, is it really a yeah woo day for you guys and Eagles fans alike? Okay, I was at the game, Lucas. Oh gosh, I can only imagine. That's why you- I texted you about pushing it back. Someone texted me yesterday and uh, one of my buddies was given tickets. So I got to go for free, which is good that I didn't have nice. to pay to see that. But yes, man, that was not that was brutal. I, I have a friend who is an Eagles fan that we have not had on the podcast yet. I do uh, do other podcasts with him, but um, he um, he he was beside himself on that one. It's a tough day to be an Eagles fan. Yeah. It is a tough day to be an Eagles fan, absolutely. Um, It's a tough day to be an NFC East fan if you're not the Cowboys, and honestly, they kind of got lucky last night. Yeah. Well, here, let me – this is the perfect segue for you. At the end of the Eagles game, I've never seen this in my entire life, guy two rows in front of me started chanting about, let's go Sixers, and it got a few people going. (laughs) So here we go. Something exciting in the city is probably the Sixers. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't follow. I, I don't follow hockey, cover. so yeah, it's the Sixers, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of games we have not been on the pad pod for eleven days, Jonathan. We we have been slacking, but the it's holiday been, oh, it's season. Been, yeah, it's holiday. Everyone understands. I'm sure people aren't wanting to listen to podcasts anyway. <laughs> that, that I mean, look, road trips, road trips. True. But, All right, well, let's get in with the first game. Throwing it back, I, I don't even know the date of this game, but it was. Five games. Ago. Oh, wait, no, here is December 23rd, 22nd. This was the last game Joel Embiid played, just yes. to give that little teaser. So we won 121 to 111 versus the Raptors. The injury report had Nick Batum, Pat Beverly, Melton, 
So what were your thoughts on this game? Let's go to the good first. I mean, the good is, despite, you know, having a pretty rough ankle injury, Joel Embiid put up 31, 10, and 9, two steals, four blocks, with a, a bum knee ankle that he really didn't start producing until, like, the second half. Like, jo- Joel Embiid shot 11 of 21, to, uh, made both three-pointers, seven uh, of eight on the free-throw line. Like, he he is a monster, Joel Embiid. And this is, by the way... I think this is this game. You had Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid score all over thirty points. This is the first time that 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 this has happened in Sixers franchise history since I believe it was nineteen sixty four with the Nationals. Okay. Now I know Dolph shares and um, was one of the players. I can't remember. Oh, gosh, I feel like I should know this, but I can't remember the other two players. One of them's like Hal Greer, Shaw Harris, and I can't remember the third guy. But that that's pretty impressive numbers. I mean, Tobias had 33, 8, and 7, was really important, keep, keeping the game afloat in the uh, second quarter. Maxi ended the game with 33 points, 10 assists. Like, <laughs> you, you don't get much better than that. No. And honestly, I mean, you know I'm going to talk about Tobias in a little bit, but I, I, the good that I saw is, I mean, the shooting. You yeah. know, like one of the the hardest things to do for shooters in the game is to do 50-40-90 for a season. Our team was 50-40-90 in this game, 53% from field goal, 45% from three. We were knocking down threes. Everyone was shooting well, especially Tobias. Um, so great shooting all around was, was the good for me. How about the bad? The bad was that Joel and B got hurt. Yeah. Look, I mean, and it's it seems like a minor injury. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. As you hinted, he hasn't played since. But I mean, yeah, him not coming in. I mean, him getting hurt is a pretty big deal. I mean, you could say Kelly Oubre had a bad night shooting. Whatever, you can deal with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the bad. Yeah, obviously, and be getting hurt, but the bench didn't give us too much. I they mean, do you need defense. them to when you score, like, what was it? They scored at 96, the, 97. 97 between the three of them. No, you don't need them to, obviously. And, yeah, so the defensive end of the floor, I mean, the three players who got serious minutes, Covington, House, and Reed, were all positive in the plus-minus. So you're probably right, uh, just nitpicking a little bit. But, yeah, the bench production, we did not need it. So that's a valid point. Um, and who's your player of the game for this one? I tossed back and forth on this one. I I think I'm going to go – look, he's had a rough stretch. I'm going to give it to Tobias Harris because it's not going to happen too often that he's going to get player of the game. But he really saved the team in that second quarter, and 33-8-7 and seven is pretty darn good. So I'll give it to Tobias. Were there, Stealing could my you thunder. Argue? Huh? Stealing my thunder. Absolutely, man. Got to. <laughs> That's my guy, obviously. I've been carrying the Tobias Harris torch for four years. And 30, yeah, as you said, I mean, I don't really know what to say besides repeat it. 33 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. He shot five and nine, 12 and 23. So great all around. And you hope we can get that production. I, I really don't think we need it. We don't need 91 points coming from three players. That's not necessary. And, and that balance, I mean, it worked. It worked in this game. It worked in this game, sure. yes. Yeah, so we will see going forward. But why don't we go to the next one? Yeah, the next one here is the Christmas Day game. Sixers played Miami Heat. This was the first game without Joel. 
And to be fair, the Heat were also without Jimmy Butler, but it didn't matter for the Heat because Jaime Hawkins Jr. is my third place candidate for Rookie of the Year, and he definitely showed why. Was the first rookie to have a 30-10 and 10 game. There's only been like two other guys, and they're both like all-time elite centers. I think Wilt's in that conversation, and it was either Elijah Wan or David Robinson as the other one. I can't remember that, but... Like he had 31 and 10 uh, rebounds, shot really efficiently. Tyler Hero showed out. Uh, Bam had 26, 10, 15, 26, 15, and 5. You know, if it wasn't for guys like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, like Bam would be in the MVP conversation. The guy, the guy's fantastic. Easily the third best center in the NBA now, in my opinion. E- easily. I mean, who? I mean, okay. Let's 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 sidetrack here and talk about it for a little bit. Okay, we say Joel and Jokic. You can interchange them one and two, right? Who do you have in your other top five right now? I mean, I don't know. I had, I didn't think this through. And I, so yeah, uh, Lopez is obviously playing in Milwaukee as the center. So you can't not, put Giannis. Yeah, no, no Giannis yeah, I know. Is, I was thinking Giannis, but you can't. Nah. So Bam's got to be up there. So so uh, Bam, you have Bam, Sabonis, a- AD, right? Yeah, AD. Okay, I'd play a- I'd put AD above Bam. Are you sure? He's a lot less consistent, and they're comparable I mean, yeah. defensively. Well, I guess it depends what we're going for. If we're going for right. one game, I'm going AD. But also, you know, not not top three. I'm not going to – I don't want that to be confused in this okay. conversation. Okay. But okay. Nurkic, Nurkic. He, he can't defend in space. He's he's good. I I don't have him in my top ten, if I'm being honest. No, that's fair. I just thought he's playing well. Give him a shout-out. No, no, no. I mean, he, he's doing well. He's doing well. Good for him. He's Look, he's a good playmaker, good inside scorer, can rebound the ball. He just – Interior defense is a slightly above average, but can't really move that well on the exterior, which is a big limitation of his. Um, getting sure. back to this, sure. this heat game, though, um, what was the good for you? Uh, by the way, Joel was out. Um, and by the way, shout out to Kenny Lofton Jr. Sixers signed him, by the way, to a two-way. Good. For, I think that was a steal of a move there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that move. Yeah, I like it as a good front court, uh, you know, fortification. He can play center, power forward. Though I, I would put him more at center, kind of treat him like big baby Davis because he is a big guy. But, um, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's balled out in the G League. I think he had 30 points in his debut game, so shout out to him. But um, what was the – so Joel didn't play in this game. What was the what was the good for you in this game? Yeah, so Joel didn't play, get, left some shots for Kelly Oubre. So that's what I'm going to go with. I mean – he has had an interesting time in Philly. Obviously, sat up, wasn't around for some games due to an injury, but also he's in and out of the starting lineup because he's the first guy that comes in when anyone's sitting out. So a uh, little fluid, inconsistent, and he's still still showing up. He played 40 minutes. I mean, the starters played a lot of minutes, but he oh, shot yeah. in the 16 and 6 of 9 from 3. So I was impressed with Kelly Oubre. I think there was a lot more bad than good in this game, but what was the good for you? Uh, well, I'll take I'll I'll carry the torch for your guy uh, Tobias Harris. Twenty-seven, seven and six, pretty efficient shooting. Ten of eighteen, yeah. four of seven. But the the real the real guy that really carried the team, especially in the first half here, is Bam Adebayo. I mean Mo Bamba. I was about to say Bam Adebayo. Mo Bamba. He had eighteen points in this game, six rebounds, two steals, uh, shot seven of eight, three of three from deep. Um, they definitely needed a spark. He played 26 minutes, more than Paul Reed, 
Paul Reed only played um, 17 with five fouls. Uh, definitely was pushing the de- uh, bench depth a little bit here. Saw a little bit more Morris at the five here. But overall, it was an interesting game for Mobamba. This is probably going to be one of his best, if not the best, game for his his time in Philly. Um, yeah, I, I, Tobias Harris and Mobamba. The, the, those were my two goods. Okay, yeah. And uh, I guess takes us to the bad. So I was going to say there's a lot of bad, um, but I want to specifically focus on the free throws. 16 to 25, man. 64%. We couldn't hit anything. I mean, I know in a different gym, but that was just brutal to watch. We lose this game by six. You miss nine free throws. It's just like it is. That's the simplest thing. I'm not saying you have to go 100%, but coming off a game where you went 90%, and that is poor shooting. Um, Paul Reed, Maxi, Oubre, none of them were were hitting. Well, let's let's talk about poor shooting. This is – you could argue this was the first worst game in Tyrese Maxey's career. Four of 20, one of eight, three of six, shooting-wise. Five assists, 12 points. Granted, no turnovers, but he played 44 minutes, could not get it going. This, And it's not like the Heat have like an elite perimeter defender because Jimmy's not he wasn't even playing. It was like Kyle Lowry, who... Kyle Lowry, okay, fine. He's he's really old now, but like he should not be putting up those type of numbers, right? So, I mean, slowing down Maxi that much might be just a little bit too much of that uh, Christmas ham in his Maxi stomach. I don't know, dude. But <laughs> but like, no. In all seriousness, this was you know that you could say this will probably go down as one of the worst games of Maxi's career in terms of, and this was the first game, you know, one of the few first games it wasn't the very first game of the season but it was one of the very few game first games i think like first three games without joel and bead and maxi up until this board until this season in his career has never been a true number one option except for that one random uh you know covid game against uh the what the denver uh, nuggets when they weren't ready for rookie maxi to go for 39 right yeah, so yeah. like Maxie's not used to being the focal point of a defense, and clearly that that messed with him in this game. Now, it is good to note that he bounces back in the next three games, but still, um, yeah, that that was definitely my bad there. Um, player of the game for you? Yeah, I'm going to go Oubre. I, I went Harris on the last game. There's clearly a case for him, but stats I said earlier, I just think Oubre came into the starting lineup, played well, and played a lot of minutes. I'll go with Mo Bamba. Because he's not going to get okay. another one this year. He's not going to get another one this year. I'm going to give it to Mo no, Bamba. 18 put points. Lock it in. Rounds. Why no, not? Why not? I was going to say, lock it, in, lock it in now. That is literally never happening again. That is never happening again. So, yeah. that being said, right. let's go to the next Yeah. One. Now we're still in Florida, so they didn't have to travel too far. And they had a day in between, so you're going from Miami to Orlando. We played the Orlando Magic. We won 112-92. Injury report again had Embiid and Batum. So what was the good from this game for you? I, Gosh, I mean the defense. They held them to yes. 92 points, 40, 39% shooting to, uh, from the field, 27% shooting from the three-point line. Orlando has been on a bit of a skid as of late. Ever since that wake-up call from the Boston Celtics, they've struggled. 
and uh, definitely showed here. I mean, like, if Jalen Suggs is your second leading scorer, you're probably not doing so great. He did have 20 points. Though I love Jalen Suggs' defense, his offense still has a lot to be desired. Um, I'll leave the players to you, but the defense is what I'm going to shout out here. Yo, I was going to say, my good for this game, take Oubre out of this conversation. The four starters besides him shot incredibly efficient. Oh, so Harris was 10, yeah. 10 of 23, Paul Reed 6 of 11, Maxi 9 of 18, Melton 8 of 13, and 4 of 7 from downtown. So the starter shot really well um, outside of Oubre, and I thought that that well, was I don't know. We got out I to- don't think Tobias shot extremely well. 10 of 23, that's below 50%. And he only had 22 points, so I, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's more than 40%, so. Uh, okay, well, anyway. Yeah, all right. But that, I just thought they played pretty well. And seeing Melton, we don't need Melton to put up points. We know that's not his part of the game. And seeing him put up 22 in Joel's absence was really good. So glad we got that. Uh, what was the bad for you in this game? I mean, you could say Kelly Oubre. I mean, that's the low-hanging yes. fruit. Um, I guess the other good here, before I get to the bad, is Marcus Morris had 14 off the bench. Pat Bev had 10. Um, look, I mean, after having a you know player of the game award given to me by him from against the Miami Heat, Mo Bamba laid a dud. You know, 16 minutes, only one shot attempt, zero points, seven rebounds, one block, one steal. Like, come on, dude. Like, the, the, the uh, Orlando Magic center depth is not like Wendell Carter only played 22 minutes. Like Mo Mo Wagner and uh, did it, the other guy even play? Uh, oh, Go, Go, Goga Bat. I don't even know how to say. Is the guy from Georgia? Batazzi? Batazzi. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, they're not going to slow you down. So I don't know why you didn't dominate. Uh, shout out to Trevlin Queen, by the way, made an appearance in this game for the Orlando Magic. Uh, former Sixers two-way player. Yeah, so, look, the bad for me, I, we only took 17 free throws, so I'm not going to keep harping on the free throws, but I want to look at that and the three-point. We shot 35% from three-point range and only taking 17 free throws, and you immediately think about how Joel Embiid affects the game. The Not just the free throw attempts, but the percentage usually skyrocket when Embiid's in the game. He's shooting like 90% from the foul line. He's getting there like over 10 times a game. It's impressive. And also this three-point percentage at 35%, he creates so much attention in the paint that the shooters just have more space. So they didn't have that this game, and that's showing. Like, I don't necessarily think it's just bad shots or players not being able to knock it down. I think it's them truly not being able to adjust, or not not adjusting specifically, at least in this game, to not having Embiid, giving them more space uh, on the offensive end of the floor. So shooting is tough without Embiid, so we do need him back. Um, and what was your player of the game for this game? Uh, I'll give it to Maxi or Melton. Yeah. You know, what? I'll give it to Melton. He doesn't get loved right. that much. I'll give it to Melton. Okay. Yeah, I'd go Maxi then take the other one. 23.6 boards, two assists. He he can put up more assists, but um, he played good. He played better than he did the game before. So, yeah. Why don't we go to the fourth game? Yeah, we're going to go to the fourth game. And let me tell you guys, this was a nail biter. Sixers won 131 to 128. Still no uh, Nicholas Batum or Joel Embiid, but the Sixers uh, definitely handled business, especially in clutch time against the uh, Houston Rockets. By the way, I do not – I'm not feeling that that astronaut middle low, middle court logo that they got going on. That that's that seems like too much for – I don't think I, I know, saw that. 
Oh yeah, they they have their city unis or city court is um is an astrum not like floating in space. Oh, it's, I just saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's a lot. It's a lot. Um right. Look, so let me ask you this. Uh what was the good in this game? All right. So Maxie's the good for me. And I will say though, Harris needs to get some shout out. Yeah, he was he didn't shoot great two from six from three, but he's continued he put up what's this, four games in a row where he went over twenty and and three over twenty five. He's he's playing really well. So uh but Maxie, you gotta give it to him. He as you said, he maybe didn't look as comfortable without Embiid or um in the first game when defenses are focusing on him, but he figured it out. He got to the free throw line fifteen times. Didn't shoot great from three, but fifteen times at the free throw line. Great job by him. What was it good for you? I mean, yeah, 42, 13 of 26, 2 of 9, 14 of 15, 4 assists. That that Maxi doing that is fantastic. You can always win when he's playing well. And role players. And But, but actually, you know what? I'm going to give out, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you my player of the game. It's not Tyrese Maxi, surprisingly. I'm going to give it to Marcus Moore Sr. Because he hit go. a clutch 3 to give us the lead. That clutch three, and he got a four-point play out of it. He had 14 points. I think he had nine points in the fourth quarter. Marcus Moore Sr., I think, is slowly playing him his way off of the trade block here. And we'll talk about trades and stuff. Maybe, probably not this podcast that much, but in future podcasts, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, 14 points, five rebounds, and 27 minutes off the bench. That's what you need from a guy like him, a veteran like him. I mean, you can shout out uh, Ubre who had 13, Melton who had 15 too, but it's it's it was really the Marcus Moore senior show. Okay. Well, for the bad, uh, I think that the three point shooting for Harris, Maxi, and Melton they went six of 22. Yeah, now, those are bad. three of the guys who are going to knock it down. Ubre had was three of four, so that brought it up a little. But three starters again shooting like. What did I just say? It was Two, six seven of twenty. Of, yeah, it's seven. It's uh seven, seven of, of twenty-two. Yeah, or six of twenty-two. My whatever. E- either way, it's it's awful, and that's not a good look. I also think a slow start is a bad in this game. You you went down six early. You won by four, but you had to outscore them by eleven in the fourth quarter. That's just you don't want to have to fight out those close games. So, um, what was the bad for you? Uh, it's not just this game. It's been a trend. Paul Reed. I don't feel like he's okay. making the impact that we need him to. Only one steal in this game, no blocks, four rebounds in 24 minutes. I don't care about the scoring. Seven points. Efficient. Cool. I am starting to wonder, if, and I'm not saying that Paul Reed's not a good backup. He is. I think for, you know, you, you use him for short sprints. But having him play like half the game or more is not good for what he's an energy guy. He needs to be able to explode quickly and shortly, not like long periods of time. So maybe you experiment about having somebody else start at center in the starting five. Maybe that's why they did Marcus Moore senior at the beginning of the year, but clearly he's not able to defensively hold up as a, as a five. So yeah, I was going to ask try- you that. Would you, would you prefer that? I want to experiment with Mo Bamba now. Okay. I look, you don't have to play him a ton, but like, you know, he can stretch the he he has the skill set to do a lot of things that Joel does. Now, if he's mentally engaged or not is a completely different matter, but 
I I don't want Paul Reed playing 24 minutes. I don't I don't know if that's the right answer here for when Joel's out. Does that make okay. sense? That's a no. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. Also, I, I kind of agree also, with you. I've been wanting to ask you this for like 11 days now. Does with his new haircut and wearing the headband, I feel like Paul Reed looks exactly like Josh Smith. <laughs> the guy who used the lefty who used to play for the Hawks. Yes. Uh, okay. I can see it. I can see it. I'll give you that. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's more similarities there than anybody wants to admit anyway. That's but uh, just by the way, shout out to, to the Houston Rockets being, you know, 500 team around this point. Uh, they got a lot of young guys. Shengun's going to be an all-star this season. Jalen Green has had his ups and downs, but he played really well in this game. And you, they got, look, I, they, they need to get another. They need to get a, a fortified wing per, perimeter star, and I don't think Green is that. Maybe Thompson can become that, but they're not really playing him that much. My point is, if they can get another perimeter star, who, by the way, they're missing Dylan Brooks. They missed Dylan Brooks in this game. Yeah. And um, what's what's his name? Uh, Smith Jr. Oh, Jabari from Auburn. Yeah, 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 Jabari Smith Jr. They they were missing two starters in this game as well, and they still pushed us pretty far without our superstar. So kudos to them. Yeah, and, and then you had, uh, obviously, you gave Morris the player of the game. I'd give it to Maxi. So that brings us up to speed. We're going to have our most recent game yesterday, the Bulls game. So the Sixers lost 105-92 to the Bulls. Not a great showing. Embiid was still uh, on the injury report. So what was your Batum was back. So what was your thought? Give me the good from this game. I mean, look, Maxie had twenty and seven. That's about it. I mean, I don't I look, I mean, yeah, that's that's it. There's a I lot was gonna of say it's a game. stretch, man. It's yeah. a stretch to to uh find a good Max. in this game. I mean, yeah, and Maxie just shot poorly in this game, but I'll still give it to him twenty and seven is twenty seven. Look, Yikes, man. I, I might I might have to give a former Sixer the player of the game in this game. All I right, well, I like the T's. I, I, I might have to give a former Sixer. Yeah, yeah, I like the T's. We can hold on to it. Yeah, but anyway. I, um, I, was, if, I don't know that there's any good. I, I was looking at this, like, box score. I'm going to say we only turned it over seven times. They turned it over 16. I, I guess that's a, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a good. Um, All right, so let's go to the bad. We can talk a lot more on this. And this is, yet again, this is, I go back to Paul Reed. You know, he had 11, 7, and 4 steals. Good energy, but what is Paul Reed? Like 6, 9, 6, 8, right? Maybe 120, uh, uh, 200 and what, 30, 240 pounds, what, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, right? He's pretty. He's a slender guy. When you play against bigger centers like Andre Drummond, who is a hoss, we know this. He used to be in the Sixers. He, he was a Sixers center. Yeah. He had 23 rebounds, 20 of them being defensive. He also had 15 points of six of eight from the field. Didn't shoot that well from three point three free throw line, but that's pretty like that. That's the game right there. They had 53 rebounds to our 36. They dominated us. Granted, we had the same amount of offensive rebounds, but defensive rebounds they 
they were just they put a clamps on us. Look, I mean, Tobias had 15 points on on 16 shots. Um, Kelly Oubre had 11 points on 13 shots. Melton had nine sh- points on nine shots, all three pointers. I mean, like I, Nicholas Batum shot well and played well coming back, coming off the bench. I found that interesting. Not have, having, uh, I guess they thought maybe they try keeping Kelly in the starting five and have Batum coming off the bench again. Who knows? Morris, you know, he he came back down to earth. Bamba, you know, he he was okay. Pat Bev, despite trying to, you know, this is his former team that he played for last year, didn't do much. Yeah, no, I mean, they're really, it just wasn't there. And maybe the Bulls just have our number this season. I don't know. Yes, man, the bad for me is the shooting. Can you believe 9 of 38 from 3? Like, at some point, you got to, I was going to say, at some point, when you're shooting 38 threes and you're only hitting 9, someone's got to be like, hey, let's take it in the paint. But we shot 36 of 92. We took 92 shots. Like, yeah. that seems like a ton. They only took 79, and they had 13 more points. Like, we took 13 more shots. And, I mean, we couldn't hit anything. So, I no, mean, the threes really weren't falling. It's not like the twos are falling. But, man, we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, this was embarrassing. Incredibly, like, the it, the crazy thing is the Bulls shot 28% from three. Like, this was just a bad game, and we – we were worse than a team that's really bad, um, so it was tough. Well, yeah. we, I, I, we talked about the Bulls coming back, right? So, like, are they really that bad? I mean, they're playing a lot better now. God, I don't know, man. But I, do you have a player of the game? You teased it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be former Sixer here. First time I'm going to go with a non-Sixer, but he technically is a former player, so I'll, I'll allow this because – you know what? I made up this this player of the game thing, so I'm allowed. I'm allowed to change the rules as I see fit. That is All that right. is how I. So it goes to Andre Drummond. Fifteen point. What is it? Fifteen points and twenty three rebounds. Yeah. Wow. This is like Jerry West getting the MVP on the losing team. You are changing the game. I yes, and I would love to have Andre back if he if we could get him. Probably won't, but you know it'd be nice. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't even know who to give the player of the game to. You want to look at that? I, I guess you give it to, like, Maxi just because he had 20 points and seven assists, but that's not – there's yeah. not much to say. Yeah. I am throwing – I'm not giving anybody, like, normal – like, players that normally qualify for player of the game, like, any love this this podcast. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in my feelings about it. Who knows? By the way, yeah. I just want to sh- shout out Colby White here for a minute because the guy's averaging 17, almost 18, and almost five assists, you know, and uh, yeah, that compared to nine, uh, 9.7 points per game and 2.8 assists last season, big difference. Now, granted, he is getting a little bit more time, but still, and then like, hang on, I want to see what his stats are as a starter. Give me one second here because I'm yeah. sure they, they have this as a starter. Oh, he's started 34 games so far this season. That seems like a lot. That's right. He is the full-time starter now. Yeah. Yeah, no Lonzo. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, in December, he's averaging 22 points, six and a half rebounds, almost six assists. Kudos. Absolute kudos. Good for him. Beast. Yes. Anyway, so that wraps up our game stuff. Now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty around the league, especially concerning the Sixers. 
And first thing we're going to look at here is the, the big news that dropped this weekend, the Knicks and the Raptors trade. Now, this isn't directly connected to the Sixers, but there is some connections here. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But before we get into that, let's talk about the, the trade in general. What is the grade you give for each team? Let's start with the Raptors. All right, starting with the Raptors, I'm going to give them a B plus. So I think everyone knows or thinks that uh, Siakam and, and Nobi were going to try to be moved. They're, they were the most attractive team in terms of trade assets of, play, of teams that may want to try and get to the championship this year, adding one of the, one or two of those players. I just think that like the RJ Barrett's this year has not been that great. I don't know that he's living up to the hype. This is what is this his fourth? This is his fifth year, right? I think it's his fifth. um, He was in the same uh, draft with Zion and Jaw, so I think fifth. Yeah, so I think it's his fifth. Yeah, uh, they've all had their rookie extensions. They're in their rookie extension contracts now. So, yeah, I think it's the fifth. So I'd just say, like, in your fifth year, I think you would know if he's going to be a superstar. He was the second pick overall. No, third. Um, third. I, see, oh, you're right. You're right. Um, so, look, it's – it's. I don't think he's going to be great. I think the Raptors here were just trying to get younger. You pair R.J. Barrett with Scotty Barnes. Uh, you hope that you can maybe get some great assets back for Siakam, Siakam and then you're and then you're a young team again. And – uh that's definitely the way they're going. I just don't know that there's much at the moment that that makes them like a lot better. I, I do love quickly too. Look, quickly's been incredible. So I think that adding quickly, he was six man of the year candidate last year and this year. I think adding him alongside Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, you know that you're going young. You need to bring back some big, like a, a younger big, maybe stockpile some 
picks and uh, and try to make some things. So I think they did all right, though. What would you grade the Raptors? I'm going to give it a B plus two, but for different reasons. I thought they should okay. have gotten at least a first round pick for for him, including young players, you know, whatever. But they got a second round pick. OK, I think if I remember correctly, I think it's the Pistons pick. So it's essentially a first. If that's the case, I'm not 100% sure on that. Don't quote me on that, guys. But um, look, I like the move, but not so much for R.J. Barrett. I mean, he's going to be a nice – I think R.J. Barrett's going to do better now that he's going to be home back in Toronto. He's from Canada. I think that's going to be good for his career. Uh, the shooting, the defense is there. The shooting, we'll have to wait and see. But if not, he's just a really good role player. He's not going to be your third best player. He could be your fourth or fifth starter, though, and I think you're fine. I'm really excited to see what Emmanuel quickly does there. Because honestly, this is just this might be a this might be a hot take. I'm not trying to make this a hot take, but I thought the Knicks, especially Tom Thibodeau, was holding quickly back because I think he could have a similar trajectory to Tyrese Maxey. Not the same, but similar. I think that he I- can. I think he can score buckets as well as Tyrese. I don't know if the playmaking's yep. there, but the the def- he's not terrible defensively. I think he starts because Dennis Schroeder was already benched. Yeah. Like he was coming off the as the sixth man for the Raptors now. You bench Gary Trent, you start quickly in RJ. And now you have a hybrid combo guard that you can play next to to Scotty Barnes, allow Scotty Barnes to become even more of a playmaker. And I think quickly could average as much with the Raptors this season, at least I'm no, I'm not going to put at least, but around 20 to 22. I think that's possible too. I, I think he has that talent. He, I don't know if he can be a full-time starter in the league. I'd like to see if he can. I think he's got a great, great role as six man. And maybe that's what he can be. But uh, if, if he has that growth and development, like you're talking about, yeah, maybe he can. Look, I mean, he's not he's like I said, he's a little he's smaller than most two guards, but he's you know, he's he's quick. I mean, the name his the speed is in his name. I mean, quickly. I mean, gosh, I mean, look, I I just I have a good feeling about this comparing. I think it I think everybody's focused on R.J. Barrett. I think they should be focused on quickly in this trade because I really think Scotty Barnes is going to allow him to be the best version of himself. I think quickly he's just made that team a lot faster and a lot better as a shooting team and as a scoring team. I think they'll they'll very much appreciate having him in the starting or, five, if yeah. assuming that they do. Um, should be noted also, besides R.J. Barrett, so I forgot to do this at the beginning. Let me say this now real quick. So the trade included R.J. Barrett, Manuel quickly, and a second-round pick in this upcoming draft for O.G. Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn. The the Nets the Knicks did uh, waive Daquan Jeffries and immediately uh, gave an extension to Miles McBride, shadow former West Virginia player, who is was their third string point guard. Now we'll get a chance at second string point guard minutes. Um, played pretty good in the their most recent loss yesterday. Uh, that that being said, let's get back to this. So. We t- we both give the, the Raptors a B minus and this a B plus in this trade. What do you give the Knicks? I think I'd probably give them an A minus. So Ooh. I think the Knicks won. Like I think the Knicks won the trade. I just well, yeah. Think it was like, I know your philosophy. Whoever gets the best player gets the best wins the trade. 
Yes, but at this point, this is one of those trades where I'm like, you know what? It's it is kind of like a win-win. Clearly, it is. OG's better at the moment. OG's better than Emmanuel quickly and um, RJ, RJ Barrett. Barrett. But but yeah, I think OG fits in great. And look, I mean, it sounds like people are talking about moving Randall too. I, that's what I was hearing. So if you're moving, if you're going to move Randall, uh, who's playing at an all-star level this year, and you have OG and, and Jalen Brunson to build around, and, and you got Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein to provide some, like, off the bench down low. I mean, I don't know what the Knicks are doing. It doesn't seem like they're necessarily trying to go for it this year. They're in seventh place in, in the East, and they pick up OG. Like, it kind of seems that way, but if you're getting rid of an all-star in Randall, I, again, that's unconfirmed, but if that's the way they're going to go, I'm not sure, but I do like this for the Knicks, for sure. This is a great person to pair with uh, Jalen. So what do you think? I like the move. I'll, I'll give it a B plus. I think that if this is an even trade, even though, as okay. you said, they have a they got equal talent. Um, reasons why I like this. There, there are reasons that I like it and don't like it for the Knicks. I like it for the Knicks because you get more size and more defense and better consistent shooting on the perimeter in the starting five, right? You get that with yeah. OG. He's a better shooter, more consistent, and he has a untapped upside that he might become like a 22-point-per-game score, and then really he becomes your second-best player, and Randall becomes your third, which I think is kind of what you want because, you know, it's funny. Uh, I think uh, either me and Uri or somebody else was debating uh, who – who is the Knicks' second best player? I mean, like, who's the Knicks' best player? And he was like, oh, it's Randall. I'm like, no, it's Jalen Brunson. Jalen <laughs> Brunson. Jalen Brunson. And I, I will die on that hill. Um, now, can you win a championship with Jalen Brunson being your best player? Probably not. But can you make a deep run? Maybe. You know, they got to the second round last yeah. year. They, they maybe – I mean, if you max out – and here's the thing. This is the other reason why I like it because it, it leaves them the option to make more trades. Yeah, it leaves them the option to make more trades. They didn't give up a first round pick. They still have their plethora of first round picks that they can trade. They still have contracts that they can trade, like Evan Fournier. They could try to offload Mitchell Robinson now because essentially he's he's in because he's out for the rest of the season, right? So he's just salary yeah. filler for you. So you, I was kind of confused why Fournier wasn't in this deal for for that. Well, I think they didn't want to give up any of their first round picks because I think they're going for a bigger fish. And here's here is probably a hot take. I think they're still aiming for Mitchell Robinson. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. You don't have to trade Randall to get Mitchell Robinson. By the way, you can probably aggregate your salaries to get Mitchell Robinson, including 48, whatever. I haven't done the, I haven't looked at trade machines, so I can't rightfully say that for a hundred percent certainty, but yeah, you know, you get Mitchell Robinson, then you have a perimeter, you know, three perfect three and D guy that you can pair next to Robinson and Brunson to cover up any defensive issues you have. And Ananobi, if you trade Randall for another, like, you know, three and D power forward, then you have two guys that can cover it up. And then you, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll still be without Robinson this year. So maybe the trade doesn't really come into flourishing this year, but you could trade for a guy like spider Mitchell. And that's, that's what I like about it. Um, what I don't like about this trade is that if I'm them, if you're trying to get a superstar like Mitchell, I would have traded a first round pick to get Ananobi, not, not the young players. Because if I'm Cleveland, I would have rather had the young players so that we can retool versus the draft picks. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. 
So that's that's if I, I, I maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're not aiming for Mitchell. Maybe they're aiming for somebody else. Who knows? Like who do you trade for uh, Randall? Uh, I mean, who who do you get back for Randall? Who knows? I mean, he he made All NBA twice, right? Yeah. So like, it's not like he's a bad player. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a fair question to have. Um, that being said, you know, when it comes down to it, I so yeah, I I give it a B minus as well. So okay. that brings me to my next question here for you. Is how does this trade impact the landscape of the Eastern Conference? See, I don't think it changes it too much. I think the Raptors are probably still going to sit probably edge of play-in. That's probably where they're hanging out. And I think okay. this maybe gets the Knicks to like six. I mean, I still think the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Magic, Heat are all better. You can debate Pacers, Cavs. But I think they fall in that, like, a good fit for six them. To six, so, yeah, it doesn't really change too much for you. No, not for me. How about you? I think it changes stuff for next season, not for this season. I think this season yeah. is pretty much set in stone, according to the top six. Uh, as I mean, unless something crazy happens. But, like, yeah. with Robinson out, the Knicks, you know, they're still going to struggle with center depth. Though, pickup of Precious Achuo is underrated. He's a good backup. Now you have Hardenstein and Achua, and once uh, Jericho Sims come back, you have him. So you have you have some bodies, and I mean, right now they're relying on Taj Gibson as backup center, which isn't yeah. he like? I, I he might be older than LeBron. I'm not even sure on that. He, Dude, it's wild seeing close. him in the game. Yeah, yeah, right. Like he was. I remember when he came in. I forget what year it was. I want to say like 2012, 2013. He was like a 26 year old rookie. Not the oldest rookie that we've seen. That was pa- pa- Pablo Prigioni, I think. Pablo oh, Prigioni. Okay. I think Pablo was like 35 or something. I, I can't quite remember. But anyway, getting off topic here. He, he played with the Knicks. That's where I got that from. Anyway, so Precious Chichu is a good backup to have. So I, I like that too. But yeah, I think this, uh, like, it quickly can really get it going and then have an off season of chemistry building with Scotty Barnes, him and Scotty Barnes could be a really great one, two punch. Yeah. I, I like that. I think the Raptors still need to make more moves. They're going to probably end up trading Siakam. And if I'm them, I consider trading Yakapurtle too. He's kind of a little bit too old for this current core that they have. Didn't they just get him? Yeah, they did. I didn't like that move for them in the first place. But anyway, I think they should trade Yaka Pirtle to a contender, get a first-round pick for him, or at least like a multiple seconds. Like, I think they should just go on full-on tank it, but, like, they're not going to do that. But, you know, they're, I, I think Pascal Siakam is going to be the other big domino that drops from Toronto. The question is, where does he go? Maybe maybe he goes to Indiana. I like that fit. You know, they recently yeah. actually, the last game, they had Obi Toppin come off the bench and have former top 10 pick Jalen Smith start at power forward, which was interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I found that really interesting. And then uh, for, let's see, where else could Pascal go? Uh, maybe Atlanta? Maybe. 
I don't think that does anything. Though. Atlanta's Atlanta's so bad this year. Are they? In the, yeah. They're not even. They're barely in the plane right now, right? We'll talk yeah. about NBA stuff in a minute. General NBA stuff. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, no. Um, so right now it doesn't do much. I think we'll have to see more of stuff, you know, at the trade deadline and other stuff in next season for sure. But let me ask you this: Is this with OG coming off the market? How much does this hurt the Sixers? I don't know if it hurts them too much. I don't necessarily know they were targeting him. I think it could have been a good fit. Uh, but right now I really like the team as is. So I, I'm kind of hoping we don't, I, I know Daryl Morey will do something. Maybe we need a few tinkers to make the team better, but when Embiid's in the lineup, I, I really hope there's no major changes. So I'm okay with this. I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that the, the, like OG would have been nice, but how much of an upgrade is he really over? Like without taking shots away from Max or Joel, I, you know, like he's an upgrade over Tobias Harris for sure as like a third option, but like, is it that big of an upgrade? I don't know. You know what nah. I mean? Yeah. So like he's better defensively, but offensively is, uh, feels about the same. Yeah. Feels about the same. Maybe right, well, slightly, slightly better uh, role player, but yeah. All right. Well, before we get to the around the NBA, you got one more topic here. So you have a, uh, um, comparison graphic is the word that I was looking for that was yeah. put up during a Sixers game on NBC Sports comparing AI and Tyrese Maxey's age 23 season. So let me just go through this real quick. Points, AI 26.8, Maxey 26.3, rebounds, AI 4.9, Maxey 3.9, assists 4.6 AI, 6.5 Maxey. Turnovers, AI had more at 3.5, Maxey had 1.5. Uh, Maxi's five percentage points higher in field goal percentage and seven, nine percent higher in three point percentage. AI was only shooting 29%, and also he's 13% in free throw percentage. So, all the shooting percentages, Maxi is above and assists. Other than that, AI has it. This is all at age 23 again. So, I'll ask you first is it fair to start comparing Maxi to AI? No, no, I don't feel like it is because, Ma- you know, like. Iverson came in as a top three pick. He was expected to be one of the best players on the team automatically. Maxi was not. That was not the expectation when they drafted him. And he's not the best player on the team right now. Like, you know, clearly Iverson was the best player on the Sixers at that point. Maxi's not even the best player on the team right now. Um, so comparing them in terms of like, you know, can Maxi eventually become like, you know, what AI was, you know, I don't know if I would want to make that comparison. And honestly, their play style is so totally different. If we're going to go with a modern comp of AI, then probably something along the line of like Kyrie Irving would be closer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maxie's, so, well, when, so yeah. You're, you were kind of also hitting the second part. So yeah, it may not be fair to compare him, but in terms of like forecasting, do you think, there's potential where Maxi can have this kind of exponential growth and he could be as great as AI or, or not because he's not the number one guy. I mean, look, Allen Iverson was the number one guy. Um, unless Joel leaves Philly, Maxi's never going to have that expectation or Joel yeah. gets like, you know, starts to regress, which probably won't happen for a good handful of years. I'm hoping, um, look, I just, maybe he can, but the way that AI did it, like, Maxi's numbers now, like, AI, I think I read somewhere that he was, like, first-team All-NBA that year, right? Mm-hmm. Maxi might not even make the All-NBA list. Like, he should. 
He should, but like putting up those type of stats don't mean the same thing that they did then as they do now. I know that's yeah. not fair to say, but it's accurate. It does not mean the same thing because like barely anybody was scoring over 20 points per game in the 90s. Now, like, you have almost 50 players. I'm, I'm guesstimating here, but around, like, 50, 40 to 50 players doing it in the league right now. So, like, it's not it's not the same. It doesn't mean the same. And I'm not trying to take away anything from what Maxi's done because it's been impressive. We love it. We absolutely love him. It's been impressive, but it doesn't mean the same thing as it meant back then. And Allen Iverson is also a cultural icon, which Maxi yeah. isn't. And that's not a bash on Maxi. It's just a fact. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. Like, I would say I don't think the comparison's fair, and I don't think he'll ever be as great as AI. And again, these are not taking shots at Maxi. We're talking about argue. You can argue one of the greatest players in the history of this franchise. So, also, the way that points are being scored in the year for Tyrese Maxi being twenty three versus AI. Like, the AI was still playing back then. Like when he was twenty three, that's like two thousand. So he was playing in the time when. We're not scoring 130 every night. Um, so I think the points part may be a little inflated. Um, and, yeah, a, and like you said, AI came out with high expectations. He hopped in the league right away. Maxi's had built up over a couple of years. So um, I think 23 was like AI's second year or third year also. So not as many years in the NBA either. Um, yeah. So I, I don't necessarily know it's the fairest comparison, but definitely interesting to see close stats for sure um, between both of them. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to around the NBA. Um, Jonathan, you go first. I, I I almost guarantee I know what you're going to say. Go for it. What do you? You're going to talk about Detroit, aren't you? Well, I th- I was going to tap him in. All right, that's fair. I think it's it's hard to say that like you can't not talk about Detroit. <laughs> um, it's also the fact that they um, tied the Sixers record, and also it's worth noting they have the longest in season. Oh, yeah, end season, yeah. Um, losing streak. The Sixers was over two years, which is kind of unfair to include. And also, the Pistons got a gimme. It was after the Raptors trade, and the Raptors are on a second night of a back-to-back with a short bench. And they almost lost. So I, I think the Pistons got a schedule gimme with that trade. Well, no, but what I was going to focus on more is – I don't even know what division it is. I want to find out, like, the actual name. People don't – the Northwest Division in the West is mainly what I want to talk about. It has okay. the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the Nuggets, who are the top three and seeds the, in the West. And the Blazers. Don't forget about the Blazers. Oh, it has two other teams in it. but It has the Blazers and the Utah Jazz, but I don't really care about them. The okay. top three seeds in the West are all from this division. And the Timberwolves are playing great. The Sixers beat them, and that was a very impressive game. But, like, OKC and Denver are both 8-2 and two in their last 10. I think that, at least I thought, I, I knew Denver was going to be good when we get to the playoffs, but I thought it was a little, like, they were having not their best. I think there was a time where they, they had, like, a 5-5 five and five stretch of 10, and they weren't playing yeah, they, great they, they, on, they on the road. Struggling. They were really struggling on the road. They're 10-8 and eight on the road right now. Still not great, but a winning record. I think they're turning they, it around. They, we're kind of seeing they like are the out with, without Aaron Gordon right now. Dog bit his face, so he's recovering from that. I know. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. And and yeah. just uh, I think that they're turning it around. But also OKC, they have slightly increased their point differential to the third highest in the league, which is something yeah. that it was not very recently. They have been blowing teams out. I mean, they beat the Nuggets the other night by uh, 
what is that? Nine by twenty six. They beat the Knicks by nine. They beat the Timberwolves by twenty three. So two of your last three games are beating the Timberwolves and the Nuggets, the two teams above you in the standings. Shea looks like an MVP candidate for sure. So um, I, I just think OKC is really starting to click. They are scary. You do not want to see them. And uh, the only other thing I'd touch on is in the East, man, Boston looks real. And as good as and surprising as uh, the Sixers have been, which is just amazing, like uh, I, I think they're exceeding expectations. But Boston looks tough. They are plus 9.8 point differential. They're 13-2 and two in their last 15. They just look – they're extremely balanced, and um, they they almost suffered a loss at Detroit. Uh, they were down 19 at halftime, so huge comeback. But uh, no, I think that I just think the top of the league right now is the most interesting. I think Boston's separating itself pretty substantially, uh, at, at least in the East. But West is going to be a tight one. What do you What do you got for around the NBA? Look, I mean, you you touched on the Thunder, and I want to go to them first because okay. I think they need to make a trade. And this well, one's been really? floating around. I not, not in a bad way, but to get themselves into true contention and to be a problem in the playoffs. Because they could fizzle out in the first round. I think it depends on the matchup there. But if they don't want to have to worry about that, and this is a trade that I've heard floated around, even on J.J. Reddick's podcast, you trade Josh Giddy for Lowry Marketing. It fixes both teams' problems. The Jazz need a playmaker. Bam, you have one. Utah need, I mean, the uh, the Thunder need more size, three-point shooting, and rebounding. Bam, you got it. The Thunder can give what, however many picks they uh, the Utah wants for Lowry. I that's that's what I do. That's that's what I do in a second if I'm okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think so. Josh Giddy, Lowry's the, Lowry's the better player. Lowry's the better player. Yeah. So you're gonna you gotta include more. Yeah, but they have they have every pick in the world. Yeah, um, they have every pick, and they got young other young players. You know, maybe maybe you ask for Trey Mann, maybe you ask for the other Williams. Like I don't know what you ask for, but maybe you ask for Poku. Who knows? But they have young players that you could throw in there with them. They have the salary with um, what's his name, the guy, the 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 shooter that got paid by the Wizards. Um. You oh, know, uh, 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 Bertons? Yeah, Bertons. You have the salary to match it. Josh Giddy needs a fresh start. Imagine Josh Giddy playmaking, being the focal guy in Utah. I don't know if he needs a fresh start. Are you talking I mean, like, with the talking off on the court? The court? Off the I court. think off the court, that follows you wherever you go. Yeah, well, okay, fair. But still, look, he's going to be the odd man out when they when they upgrade anyway. Utah at least makes sense for him to go to. I, you know, I don't hate it. I, I like that. I'd never thought of it, so I like the idea. Yeah, so I, I, I want to see that trade happen. Besides that, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else. You know, I saw on uh, social media recently that, oh, the, the Timberwolves need to trade Cat now while his stock is high. I'm like, no. No, they don't. No. Nah. No, he's their only shooting. Um I think the. Do you think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to trade Donovan Mitchell this season? I mean, he denied like signing the extension, right? So I feel like you almost have to. Where do you trade him to? The Knicks. Because you want a lot back for him, right? The Knicks. 
The Knicks could offer it. The Sixers could offer it. I've heard rumors about the Sixers. I don't want Donovan Mitchell. I don't want him. I don't want him. The backcourt defense would be horrendous, and you don't need all that extra scoring. Nah. Miami's been connected. I think Miami, dude, they they need to get. If they don't have to trade Tyler Hero, if you can trade the picks that they have, and and uh, Kyle Lowry and D- uh, Duncan Robinson without giving up any of the young guys, except for maybe like that Nikola whatever kid. Vooch, like Vooch, I, I would uh, not trade Hami Hawkins. Like Hami Hawkins, Tyler Hero are off limits for me if I'm the Heat. They the Heat don't seem to think Tyler Hero is off limits. But like, okay, how much of a, of an upgrade is Donovan Mitchell over Tyler Hero really? I think he's better, a much better ball, like with the ball in his hands. I think Tyler Hero's biggest strength is off ball. Okay, okay, but defensively they have the same issues. Uh, yeah, Donovan yeah. Mitchell's better at creating for himself, but Tyler Hero's got him better at that too. And he, Tyler Hero, you could argue is a better playmaker. Okay, so like I don't think it's that much of an upgrade for the salary increase that you would get for him. So, like I said, if you can get Cal Lowry plus picks and Duncan Robinson and that Nikola, whatever his name is, for for Donovan Mitchell, then I do it. Um, if um, the Heat, maybe Houston would be an interesting fit. They have the picks and the young players to offer. That would I be can, a. F- I like that. Then you have a defensive front court, you a defensive backcourt with Fred VanVleet, undersized but still really tenacious defender. You have Dylan Brooks. And now Prince Shengun, who can run the team. I, I like, actually, his fit in Houston a lot. The Lakers aren't going to have the assets to get him. So, yes. let's just take the Lakers off. But, yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell might be a guy that could be traded. Um, besides that, let's see here. Anybody else that I want to talk about? Shout out to the Clippers climbing their way back up to the fourth spot, the fourth seed. Yeah, um, dude, they really are playing well. Are the Golden State Warriors done? Is the dynasty done? I I mean I think as long as Steph's there, I can't say yes, but I want to say yes. But you just can't do it with Steph still there. I mean they're they're out of they're out of the play in right now. They're in eleventh place at fifteen and seventeen. Yeah, they lost three straight games so far. It's it's pretty rough. It's not it's pretty, bright there. It's really not. Um, it's it's a rough it's a hard life. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, kind of feels like it. Kind of feels like after you know when a Kawhi Leonard sprained his ankle with the Spurs, and then like yeah. any chance of a you know it, it just felt over. Kind of feels like that after the Draymond punch, huh? It kind of does. No, it really does. And I'm not talking about the one from the Draymond punch from this season. The fact that I have to clarify that is an issue. <laughs> I'm talking about the one from last season. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, but besides that, yeah, that's that's all I got. But look, I know you got a New Year's Eve party to get to. I am gonna do some things here tonight too. So I am going to. Well, I think we should go ahead and wrap this up, bud. Yeah, let's do it, man. Happy New Year to all our listeners. We truly appreciate you. That is, uh, we our resolution will be to continue to make great content going forward. So. Thank you again for listening. Please read our stuff over at the Sixer Sense, and you can listen to this podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great New Year's Eve, great 2024. Um, and until next time, go Sixers. Oh, oh, oh.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.